For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Saving money on everything for your next project at Menards. It doesn't matter what job you're up against. Works cordless power tools and lawn equipment have the power for you to get the job done faster and easier. The PowerShare 20-volt batteries run longer on a single charge, and they can be used with other tools. Check out Menards' entire selection of Works cordless power tools and lawn equipment. Plus the weekly flyer today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. On the mark, we are on the road at Wrigley Field. The Chicago Cubs, first place in the NL Central as we speak today, tie with the Brewers, and the last place but rebuilding Chicago White Sox. Gordon Whitmire of the Chicago Sun-Times been covering the team since he came out of the womb about 20 years ago. How long have you been on the beat now, Gordon? This is uh, 11 years. My first year was Lou's first year. You came in with Lou Pinella. A lot, lot of change in 11 years, Gordon. I thought for a while there you were, how would I put it, not on board with what the Cubs were doing. You know, that's a common misperception, apparently, uh, by a lot of people that follow me on Twitter. Um, not on board is probably, it's more nuanced than that. Um, what they were doing was a first in Major League history, a big market team that was, that was, uh, you know, breaking it down uh, to the to the bones and and starting a small market type of a rebuild um, in in a sport like this, with no salary caps, et cetera, et cetera. That's um, and we see other teams obviously following that blueprint now, but that's it's not designed that way. So is that Theo's fault? No, and Theo did what he had to do. I mean, the front office, the baseball front office operated uh, in, in a very smart, uh, visionary way. But it should have been a problem for the commissioner's office, and um, it shouldn't have been a, a rubber stamp you know, for ownership to, to take over the franchise and be able to do that. And as, as I think we know, I mean, some of that, not all of it, but some of uh, the decisions early on um, were dictated by you know some of the debt issues they took on they for two or three years there they literally didn't have the resources the money to spend on the baseball operation or, or, or at least it wasn't allocated that direction um, to 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 compete as a big market team that's what happened that's the reality of what happened I asked the commissioner at the time about it multiple times he seemed to have no issue with it of course uh, but he should have had an issue with it so it's, it's not an issue with Theo or the rebuild or not getting it, not understanding. It, it was a, it's about the integrity of the game and the, the way the game is designed. A big market team shouldn't do that. And for the first time in, in history, uh, uh, you know, and really we're talking about, you know, post-free agency when you could, you know, you could do whatever you wanted with your money. 
uh, a big market team did that intentionally. So, okay, I, I like how you're looking at it, not just from a Cubs standpoint, but you're talking about the whole game. So like, let's take a franchise like the Marlins, who have basically intermittently done both. Gone to the bottom. The Marlins have crapped on their fans nearly their entire existence. Right. They've never finished in first place, by the way. Um, they've won two World Series, and that says more about their scouting department and, and some of the managers and coaches they've had along the way um, than it does their ownership. They've got maybe the worst owner in baseball uh, for the way he, he treats the fans in the city. Maybe, maybe the most despicable owner in baseball. And, and my thing with the Cubs, getting back to if we're hyper-focused here, I thought the worst thing they did was, listen, you were putting a AAA product on the field and you were charging your fans, we're talking about the fans, you're charging them four times what the tickets were worth on the, you know, the StubHub market to come to the ballpark. There was never any concessions given to the fans and at any point, and right when they won the World Series, they jacked the prices from there. I completely agree with you, and, and there was a time there where we saw their, their streak of uh, three million attendance seasons ended. Uh, they were down closer to 2.3, I think, at one point, which means that you have inventory in terms of tickets, which means you could make offers to the fans on the primary market, not necessarily the secondary market, and they didn't do it. They, they didn't give much. They, their, their big gift to the fans was keeping uh, recently escalated ticket prices flat when they knew they were going to try to finish in last place. So from, a, from the business operation standpoint, there was a lot of uh, disingenuous uh, uh, rhetoric going on and practices the, again the the baseball side of the operation they did exactly what they said they were going to do um and then and then they got they got pretty lucky with some of the right players and you know you get you look at a guy like jake arietta i know i talked to people in the front office when that deal was made they thought he was a roll of the dice they thought they knew what they were getting out of Strope and that that would make the deal worthwhile if Strope was just what they thought he was, but that Arietta was this guy that had never put it together, and he might never put it together, but if he could, he could be useful. Well, we saw he was a, a lot more than useful, and, and that was a massive part of the timeline speeding up. Um, and, you know, Lester's been Lester, and, 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 we saw, and, and the young kids, by and large, hit as a, as a collective quickly. And so a lot of things went right to move the timeline up. Um, but it even had the timeline been back two years, even even three years, as long as there was growth, you'd have had to call it a success from a baseball operations standpoint. Since you brought up Arietta, do you think there's any scenario that he comes back here next year, considering that he's pitching a whole lot better right now? It's like a catch-22. You want him to pitch back on some level. If he pitches poorly, maybe he comes back, but then it's not as attractive. No, if he's pitching well, he's not coming back at all. I mean, there's 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 no scenario that I could see now. Now, when they picked up Quintana, with the cost certainty there at a at a pretty team friendly rate, um, even Theo said it publicly that that it, it almost it almost makes you feel like he he could be part of a of a two of, of a two player acquisition because because now you, you know what you're paying for him and it leaves a, a sort of enough money in your projected. Uh, Budgets so and the way you know the way you see some of the arbitration guys coming in and maybe for free agent or whatever, but you've got more uh, in your own mind in your own projections. You've got more to work with if you wanted to do that. But I still don't see Arietta is going to test the market, especially if he's pitching well. There's no question about that. And once he does, if anybody's out there offering five years plus 
I don't think the Cubs are going to go there. It's also going to be, um, you know, pretty hefty price tag. I mean, you look at what Jeff Samarja got, five years, $90 million. I mean, I would think that if Arietta's pitching well and he looks he looks like a favorable bet coming coming out of this season, he's done more than Samarja. He'll be a little older than Samarja was when he became a free agent, but healthy uh, with stuff, with playoff experience, and, and, and so on. Somebody will give him the money, and and, and I just it, does, it doesn't make sense. I think objectively, if you're the Cubs, my God, look what you got out of him. For the, you got the best years at Arietta for essentially a discount. Why would you overpay when you, you, you know it might only go it might only go down from there, even even if it's pretty good. But you, somebody's got to pitch for you. Obviously, you can pay a lot less for someone who doesn't have the pedigree. So at, at some point, they'll have to cash in some chips there. But here, you look at Wrigleyville right now. I mean, they the, the the Cubs, the Ricketts family has bought up most of the rooftops. You've got a hotel going up. You've got a plaza. It seems like you've got very few businesses that are trying to hold on to not give, not selling. There's a T-shirt stop across the street that hasn't sold, but it's like they're trying to monopolize the whole corner. And like then then you get back to the baseball side. It's like well, they don't have the money for Arietta. It's like hold on a second. You have. I didn't like, say they don't have the money. For no, them. not you didn't. I'm saying that they're acting like they don't. No, what they're acting like is they don't want to. They don't want to overpay for what's to come. It, it's it's not necessarily a great business call. To look, we we see it every day. I mean, he's a very competitive guy. He's got stuff, uh, but there are times when when he he labors. There's command issues uh, at times. He can look really great and run out of pitches in his pitch count in five innings. So there's there's a number of reasons why. You know, if if, if he had been the 2000, 2015 pitcher last year and into this year, you might look at it differently. But why would you, why would you pay that much money? You just got Quintana, right? And Quintana. Based on his age, based on his track record, et cetera, et cetera, there's, there is every reason in the world to believe that Quintana will be as good going forward the next three years as either Arietta or Lackey. It's not a knock on either one of those guys, but that's how good Quintana is, and you're probably going to lose Arietta or Lackey. So take your pick. Quintana replaces one of them. That means going forward, you got to fill one spot. you got to backfill one spot. Is Now, is Montgomery as good as... Lackey. A lot of people might say, yeah, well, there you go. Now you need depth. That's if you choose to go that way. But you've got, you've got choices. You can look at the free agent market. You can try to look at other trades. There should be more players available in, in the offseason. If something, if something breaks loose between now and the trade deadline, there's that option. But you, you've got multiple options. You don't, you, you don't have to be married to this idea of extending Arietta, who's going to want to go out there and be one of the pitchers that sets the market if he's pitching that well. Why would you, why would you pay that much money? This is, it's not about whether they have the money or not. They could do it if they wanted to. It, it's about what are your choices and why would you do that? If three years from now you're, you're getting a shadow of the performance and, and you're paying $20 million plus a year, well, why would you even take that chance? 
I, I guess then what I'm talking about is I keep hearing about the window, the window. It's like, well, hold on a second. These guys are all 22, 23, 24 years old. Are you saying that you don't because are you making are you creating a window because you can't pay all of them? Like at some I would think that Chris Bryant's the first guy you're going to sign, although if he wants to play it all the way out, but Chris it's Bryant's represented by Boris just the same way Arietta is. Chris Bryant when they drafted Chris Bryant, when when he started raking in the minors, their projection was, their evaluation was in all likelihood this is the kind of a guy who's probably going to test the market when the time comes. Um, they they would, probably would have made that move either way as rookie year when they held him out long enough to, to maintain a, an extra year of club control. But they're not worried, for instance, about how much they're going to pay him, or they would have made sure he, he's not going to be a super two. Uh, but he's going to get an extra year of arbitration because of when they brought him up. They're not worried about that. They're worried about how long they have him. They anticipate he's going to go free agent when he gets the chance. And honestly, why wouldn't you? You've already won the most coveted title in American sports history, probably. You've been a rookie of the year, an MVP, a two-time All-Star, and there's every reason to believe he's going to continue to perform. At that point, I mean, you're not – there's not – extra motivation to necessarily stay here yes it's special it's your original team it's special it's chicago it's the cubs but what if the yankees come calling he gets a chance to 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 have an entirely different experience with a historic franchise or a historic uh, baseball place you know all i'm saying is that they anticipate that that's probably what's going to happen they already made a run at him to to sign him to a multi-year and and it went nowhere uh does that change in two, three years? Maybe. But uh, so guys guys like him, that, that's what they mean when they're talking about a window. They're kind of projecting, well, this guy might be able to sign beyond when he's eligible for free agency. This guy probably won't. Um, how does our payroll project? Because they do, they do look at the luxury tax threshold. They don't want to be paying you know, dollar for dollar uh, when, when they exceed it um, in, in terms of penalties. And there's and, and you're, you're also trying to, to move that window. It's almost like the Price is Right. You remember that Price is Right game where it's like a you know, mountain climber? Or no, the, you're talking about the, the slider. Yeah, the slider or the range where you hit that big button and it stops and if the price is within that range. Yeah. Well, well, it's like that. That, that. that window, they want that window to keep moving. And, and the only way that does it, you know, you, you keep growing. You keep the farm system going. You, you bring in, you, you, don't, you don't sign Arietta until you're running him into the ground you you, you you try to identify somebody else who's going to come in and give you some of their better years and then and then you hopefully you develop a couple of pitchers along the way which we haven't seen yet but if that happens then you know then you can continue to keep that window moving so there is this window that they're looking at but they're still trying to build the next window on top of that so Believe me, they're looking years out on all, all of this stuff, um, both in terms of uh, player evaluation and uh, and payroll evaluation. You've been a- around the game, you know, longer than just covering the Cubs and and, the, and being in Chicago. Have you come across a guy who you would consider as shrewd as Theo? Like, who who do you put in that category? Because I mean, obviously, he's up there. Oh yeah, he's he's uh, he's way up there. Um, Pat Gillick is an all timer. Um, uh, I, I covered the, the Twins when uh, Terry Ryan was the GM, and 
and uh, you know he never had resources to work with, and he and he didn't look at the game exactly like uh, Theo does. But uh, as a as an evaluator, he was as good as it got uh, among all the executives out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, take a look at what Theo's done. Whether you love him or hate him, whether you think he's made this mistake or that mistake, whether you think he's lucky or not, whatever your opinion is of him, look what he's accomplished and compare it to the all-time executives in the game. And there's a plaque in uh, Cooperstown waiting for him. Gordon, always a pleasure. I see you. I see you looking for. Uh, I think Theo right now. Who are you, who are you eyeing right now? You got. You got. You got a. I feel like something's going on. So I'm going to let you do your work. It's just Cub Sox. Always something going on. Last question. Uh, any who's the toughest Cubs competition for the Cubs in the division in your mind right now? Milwaukee obviously sliding. A lot of people think Pittsburgh. And uh, if this team does get in the playoffs, how do you think they match up with the Dodgers, who clearly have been the class of the NL? First question, I, I, I think Pittsburgh, too, the way they're coming on right now, the way they're playing right now. Um, of course, they, they, they don't have enough depth to really withstand a big injury, and they, and they just had uh, another guy uh, another guy go down. I don't know how long he'll be out. Um, but uh, going to the into the playoffs, uh, the way the Dodgers roster looks right now, yeah, maybe you like their chances with Kershaw going on the DL. Um and and even even assuming that Kershaw's back issue isn't uh, you know season-ending or, or, or terribly serious, uh, it, it is a recurring thing with him. So who knows if he misses time, what he's like uh, come postseason. Uh, beyond that, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a grind in the postseason, uh, just just the way it was last year, but for different reasons. I think Washington's really poised to do something. They added a couple of bullpen guys. If, if they add anybody else to that bullpen, they could be really, really scary. And the Dodgers are just so deep, so deep and talented. But then that's where a guy like Quintana comes in. You know, you got another lefty out there, and, and they're, a, they're, a, they're a lefty uh, dominant team. So uh, the Cubs, they, they could be as prepared as anybody. It could be really interesting. If the Cubs finish, if the Cubs finish hot, um, it, it it could be a, a dynamic uh, playoff uh, landscape in the National League. Last one. Favorite manager you ever covered. Sorry. I was just thinking about it. Like, you've been around so many. Dusty, Lou, Joe, uh, go back to Minnesota, and uh, Ron Gardenhire. I mean, we got a lot going on here. Well, I, I never covered Dusty. Um, I, but, oh, but funny, I covered Lou twice in Seattle and here, and I covered Joe twice when he was a uh, manager for 30 days at the end of the 99 season with the angels. And then obviously here, um, Joe's Joe's right. It's, I mean, it's, it's really Joe and Lou and, uh, Lou was the first manager I, I covered. And, uh, he's such a, <laughs> he's so unique uh, and, um, unvarnished. Uh, I, I'm going to give Lou the slight edge on that one. Gordon, appreciate the time. Love your work. You're the best. All right. Thanks, Perm.
<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.